0: <laughs> I don't
1: Welcome to another great episode of Retro Vaniacs. As always, I am Jeremy Parmentier here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey there, and Billy Holiday. Hello who has been a little under the weather, so hopefully he doesn't cut out uh, or just start coughing and hang up. But uh, hopefully he'll be here for the whole episode. It, uh, it's a little bit why we're late this uh, this episode, but that's okay, because we had some uh, articles on Retrovania.net. Remember to check out Retrovania.net uh, whenever you're not sure what's going on with the podcast. So before we get started with our game for the week, which is X-Men for the Sega Genesis, what have you been playing since last time, Billy? Well, I'll tell
2: you. I've, like you said, I've been under the weather a bit, so I've been kind of bedridden for a while now and it, it allowed me to play through further as i was last week played through the division uh a little bit more and i've I've reached you know the maximum level on there i finished what's essentially the uh majority of the the content what is right now the final storyline mission uh but fortunately they've got a good bit of endgame uh stuff right now uh, some of the missions you can go through and play uh, an increased difficulty level, which is actually uh, a lot of fun to go through and do, uh, especially some of the earlier missions that were kind of easy the first time around. There's a lot more strategy uh, involved now. Uh, and there's a new currency system that comes into effect where you buy uh, just very high-level gear. So I'm just doing a lot of that right now. It's kind of a, a farming phase at the moment, but it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, and I just can't say enough good things about that game. I am... I am quite glad I, I picked it up, kind of spur of the moment, and that I, I succumbed to, to Jeremy Gregory and his peer pressure yet again. Uh, he didn't steer me wrong this time, and he didn't steer me wrong again with the other game I've been playing, which uh, was Street Fighter Five. I finally picked up. And, uh, you know, I enjoy The Division also because I, I think I'm actually really good at it, which never happens with newer games. I'm always just uh, mediocre or... Fair enough, uh, and I, I typically just hold the group down. Uh, Street Fighter Five, I am not good at. Uh, so much has changed, and uh, as far as some of the returning characters and the way they control now and their style, uh, but it, it's a lot of fun to play. And we had a, a group get together, and the the online portion, which apparently was originally not working well, is now working well, and I've I've had a good time with it so far. Just trying to. Learn the. I've, it feels like I have to relearn the ropes on there.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not very good at any of those fighters, and nor do I have a system that can play Street Fighter Five. But I will have one soon. I keep saying I'm want to buy a PS4, but uh, before the next episode, Dark Souls Three will be out, so I will have a PS4, and at that point, I'll also probably check out Street Fighter Five. Uh, I've never been good at Street Fighter, so I guarantee I'll be bad at this one. Uh, But since last show, uh, to get ready for a new system, I tried to find some games on my older systems that I either am at the very end of and are close to beating uh, or something I never really put the time into. So I did finish yet another game. I actually finished South Park Stick of Truth. Uh, Great game whole way through, but there's absolutely no replayability on it. Uh, I I can't see another reason to play that at all. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But even with a different class, it's going to be the exact same game the entire way through. There's not a lot of optional content that you'd want to do. But I still really liked it. Uh, but then I also had, for the Wii, I had downloaded Pandora's Tower, uh, which is the third game in the Operation Rainfall, where they're trying to get the last couple Japanese Wii games to come out here, and they all finally did. So it's Last Story, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Pandora's Tower. And I loved the other two of them. So once Pandora's Tower was for download for uh, 20 bucks or something, I, I picked it up. Played f- a few minutes and was like, yeah, this is a lot like Zelda, and never picked it up again. Uh, so now I'm playing through it now. I'm about 50% through it. It's really good. It's like Zelda with just temples. There's no no real overworld to speak of, um, but the temples are far more involved than most of the Zelda temples, uh, and the bosses are are more... I don't want to say Dark souls because it's not quite what they are, but it's more Dark Souls kind of bosses than a Zelda boss. Like a Zelda boss, you find an item in the labyrinth and you assume that's what you're going to use to defeat the boss, uh, where in this case, you pretty much have one weapon the whole time that you use to fight all the bosses. It's like a chain that you, you use to wrap around things and pull them off, guys. It's really, really good. I was surprised how much I liked it. I, I read a lot of kind of average reviews saying it was just sort of a Zelda clone and nothing too exciting there uh, compared to the other two games uh, in that, that sort of series. But I think it's probably my favorite game I've played in a long time.
0: I'm, I'm actually really excited that you beat a game. I,
1: this did. Is, I did. This is <laughs> one of the
0: things that is like the, the you know, the, as long as this podcast has been going, um, I think you have started dozens more games than me and Billy have ever started and very rarely do we ever get the uh, the I beat this game announcement. So, um, thank God you made it through South Park. That's a that's a oh, great yeah. game.
1: Though. It's a short game, and that that's the other reason why I beat it. I was able to kind of I think I put eight hours into it, and it was over. So that was that was nice. Since I keep starting ninety to a hundred hour role playing games over and over and over again, so I'll have to find some more shorter games. I know if I get whenever I get my PS4, I'm getting the one with the Uncharted. So those are kind of short too. I should be able to finish a couple of those uh, before I is fall this into a is this
0: a solid. Like you're actually getting a PS4 this time? Can we put this running joke to bed? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, I think I'm not going to lose my job. So I think I've got money to afford a PS4 right now. I've just got to convince my wife that I can buy it. So I'll be there. By, by the 12th when uh, Dark Souls 3 comes out, I will have that system.
0: All right. Well, we will hold you to your word. Uh, mm. In the next podcast, if you don't have a PS4, there's going to be repercuss- repercussions.
1: I'll have to pick all the games from here on out so I can just get berated every week. (laughs) What have you been playing, Jeremy?
0: Well, if I sound like I'm sick, uh, it's because I'm actually recovering from Street Fighter Five Night that Billy mentioned last night. We actually had uh, several people uh, come on there and and play as a group in the lobbies, uh, which now support eight players, which before they only supported two when it launched, which was just ridiculous. There's no reason to even have a lobby if you can only have two people in it. But um, now we, it's got an eight-player lobby and um, had a good amount of people in there playing and, and really, really had way too much alcohol while we were playing that. So I am feeling the effects of that today. But I will say that Street Fighter Five is, is really good. And I can understand why people wouldn't want to pay the $60 price tag for that because it's got a ways to go. But the fighting that's in there right now is so much fun that it's it's really once you get into it with a group like that it's it's really hard to put it down i think we went on for for well over 2 hours and and just had a ton of fun playing that and um i i can't recommend it enough it like i said it's it's lacking in things that are slowly being added but uh if if you can get it you know for maybe about 50 40 bucks i think it's a really good buy for what it is right now
1: well, there is one more game we've all been playing, and I didn't really want to talk about it, but I think it's the dumbest thing I've played in years. We've all been playing Me Tomo, which isn't oh, yeah. even a game. I don't <laughs> know what you'd call this. It's kind of a, it, it's if when the original Wii, uh, you know, with Miis came out, this kind of should have been there at the beginning. So that's what ten years ago, and uh, and instead now it's out as a phone app where you basically make your own Me, and then you just talk about yourself, and people come over and you talk about each other. It's the dumbest thing that i've played in forever yet i keep playing it oh it's so
2: weird yeah it's it's very and i guess the the i I didn't play the uh, the was the Tomodachi life that came out for the uh the the 3ds uh but it seems similar to that vein that seemed like you know you just kind of walk in on people's houses or or walk in on people and they say hey what's going on and you discuss things it seems like a version of that but it's it's yeah it's weird it's it's Dumb, it's all the above on that. But it's also just uh, strangely, strangely addictive. And, uh, and I have spent way too much time uh, accessorizing and, and fixing up my wardrobe. But There's something really weird
0: about just having your me ask you how many people you think you're going to date in your lifetime. I, that You just sit there and you just like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't want to answer these questions to you. I inflated the number greatly because
2: I wanted to try to impress. I
0: people. saw. Yes. And I, I think that's really the weird thing about this. You know, it, it is kind of a, a, just a social kind of game. But, you know, if you're thinking it's like Facebook or something where you go on there and you see everybody's status updates, it's, it's not like that at all. I mean, you essentially just get asked a question by your me. You know they'll ask you what's your favorite type of bread, and uh, you answer it, and then that's it. Uh, (laughs) it, And once somebody else either comes to visit your me or they they decide to look at your me or something like that, that question may come up and or or the answer may come up, and they'll know what kind of bread you like, and they can comment on that or, or you know put a picture in there or something. It's really stupid. It's really stupid, but it's just fun to sit down. And click on a few people every now and again and see what, you know, stupid answers they've come up with.
1: Well, right, it's coming up with the dumbest answer, and, and surprisingly, because it's Nintendo, I, I'm shocked that it's not filtered at all. I mean, I haven't tried specific words. Uh, I'm not going to drop the N-bomb on my, uh, my uh, Tomo, But generally, uh, you know, I've said a lot of stuff on the me just to see what it w- if it would blanket out or say you can't say that. Nope, doesn't matter what I've put in so far, it, it'll, it'll come up because I'll get comments from people on it. So clearly it's, it's being seen. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely weird. And I thought, you know, you're in those tickets. You're in tickets in the game just for meeting people and answering questions. So I thought, okay, here's where the game is. You're doing all this other stuff just to get tickets, and then you're going to play a a cool game with tickets. But no, it's it's just basically a pachinko for hats. I, I don't I'm understand okay at that. all. Why I mean, it's... I
0: I can deal with that. But <laughs> 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 yeah, there's there's not much of an actual game there. I mean, that's really all there is right now. I'm sure they'll add more over time. Did but... you
1: link it to your Nintendo account? I did. Uh, so it's worth yeah. it for that. You do earn free games slowly uh, by doing the the Wii missions or not the Wii missions, but the the Me Tomo missions. Uh, if if you do get a thousand points, I guess you can start downloading free games, and most of them are just kind of 3DS games. Or I guess the big one is the Twilight Princess uh, Picross. That's the only way you can get it is by downloading it, I think. Oh, weird. Uh, and that's a thousand points. But if you just set up your account and tie it to a Facebook account and and put it on your Nintendo account, you've already got 500 coins, and you'll earn probably 50 to 100 coins a day just just answering questions and letting people like your answers. It's really stupid, but at the same time, I guess that added bonus of getting to download games, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I've checked it probably 20 times today.
2: Yeah, yeah. it goes along with whatever. This is the replacement for uh, for Club Nintendo, this, uh, this new site they have up. And yeah, as of now, there aren't a lot of ways to earn uh, points. I don't know how it's going to work. If there's going to be, you know, you get a certain amount of points, you reach a, a level and at the end of the year, you get you know, whatever they're handing out prize wise. Uh, I don't know how it's working right now, but this is pretty much seems like a, I mean, for a few minutes a day, you can go ahead and earn these points that are going to go towards like, you know, Jeremy P said, there's a couple of free things up there now, but who knows what in the future, I I think this is just, this is perfect for just a, for for just a bathroom trip, Uh, just a few minutes every day. Uh, you catch up on there, you answer a few questions, you comment on a couple things, you play that you know, pachinko game and try to win your fourth or fifth cat scarf, and then you go <laughs> along your way.
1: That's sadly exactly what you do. That's it. That's pretty much the game in a nutshell. They should ask us to help advertise it.
2: Yes. Answer some questions, comment on things, win a cat scarf.
1: So if you're friends with any of us on Facebook or, uh, or Twitter, you can find us and friend us on Bitomo, And you can ask us all about this week's game, X-Men for the Sega Genesis. Now, this is the first X-Men game, I think, that came out that was not pure garbage. Uh, The only X-Men games I had played before were uh, the X-Men game on Nintendo, which could be one of the worst games of all time, uh, because it's LJN, so you already know it's bad. You don't even have to look into it it anymore, but it's also, just find a a YouTube of it and watch it, and it's just garbage. Uh, There's also a Wolverine game that was just a little bit better than the X-Men game, but still not really very good. Uh, and then I think there was Spider-Man X-Men Arcade's Revenge, which was better than both those previous games, but still pretty terrible. And then this came out in 1993, and this is kind of the X-Men game you'd want.
2: Oh, you know, I, I never, as big a comic fan as I was, and I was actively uh, reading X-Men at this point, I skipped this game over, and, and part of that is what you're talking about. Around this time, uh, I mean, back on the NES, I would play anything. And almost always enjoy it. And I played that original X Men game. And even by my admittedly low standards as a kid, I hated that thing. It was a one time rental. I didn't finish it. You know, it's, oh, and it's around that time when 16 bit came around, I started to wiseen up to the video games that were licensed after properties I otherwise loved. Uh, You know, anything movie-based. I mean, I played through Total Recall on the NES. I I was blinded back then. Uh, But this is about the time I wisened up, and just when I saw another X-Men game, just the memories of that original one stuck in there. And I I skipped this one over.
0: If you were alive back then, there was this moment in time where suddenly X-Men was the hottest thing ever. And it was because, I believe it was that Saturday morning cartoon, it got Mm -hmm. huge. Like, suddenly... Everyone loved X Men, and this was the first game that was released that was basically based on the the cartoon. And plus, it was developed by and published by Sega, so you knew there had to be some sort of quality there. This wasn't the LJN you know stamp of, of horribleness, but this w- this really looked like it could be the X Men game that you've been waiting for. It had two player co op. It looked great. Uh, you know, it this was this was finally going to be it. And uh, I, I think for the most part, if that's what you're looking for, this ain't too bad.
1: Well, again, unlike the original X-Men game that we all were scarred horribly by in our childhoods, it's so bad I'm not even going to pick it as a game. That's how bad that is, because normally, apparently I have terrible taste. But this yes. this game, the X-Men actually play differently, which is nice. Each, <laughs> each X-Men actually has their own unique powers like the X-Men should. Um, you know, if you play as, as Cyclops, you, you have your I-beam. If you play as Wolverine, you can pull your claws out and do a lot more damage. But as you use your claws, that's part of your energy bar, so you can't just run out with your claws all the time. Uh, I mean, each, each character has their own unique skills and abilities that make some of the levels easier depending on who you have. Uh, unlike, again, that, uh, the original X-Men game, everyone seems to be exactly the same and not in X-Men. So this was nice. It, uh, I, I was not a huge X-Men fan. I mean, I did read a lot of comics, but X-Men was kind of my brother's thing. Uh, I only liked terrible comics like Fantastic Four and Thor. So uh, I was not a big X-Men fan, but everybody knows and likes the X-Men. Why would you not want to play a game where you're Wolverine? I mean, Wolverine's the coolest comic character ever, just in what he can do. And this actually kind of feels right when you're playing it. It does. Yeah, and it... all
0: the, the characters look, look great, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they don't seem to... You know, in a lot of those early LJN games, it seemed to punish you if you wanted to do what, you know, the, the X-Men could do if you wanted to use Wolverine's claws or, or something like that. This one, I mean, you've you've got a, uh, a power bar that you can use that's separate uh, that sh- you, you know, you can use your, your uh, X-Men powers or mutant powers, uh, but it doesn't you know, you get to use those a good deal before it goes down. So, I mean, this always felt fun to play the characters that were in the game.
2: Yeah, and and oh yeah, and it looks it looks great. Uh, I mean, still picture wise, uh, if you were just to look at a couple shots of this, uh, you there's no way you could pass this one up. It looks good. Uh, they look. I mean, of course, it's not the quality of the the actual animated series, but it's it's not bad, especially on the Genesis. And and yeah, you get four different characters. Uh, each one, you know, Wolverine has the claws, so he's kind of a a melee up close type. Uh, you get your projectile guys, of course, Cyclops. Which you can fire that thing, and I was very pleased in eight different directions. I was pleased it was not a a straight head-on type thing as a lot of thing, a lot of those you know the platformers had as far as shooting. Uh, and and Nightcrawler, who you know, I love Nightcrawler, but I just I couldn't get the hang of him in this game. And and Gambit, who is kind of I don't know to me kind of hit or miss. I think he's got a probably the worst jump out of all of them. Uh, But yeah, each character kind of has his own thing. And one thing I thought was unique is you can swap out. And I I think it might be limited in stages how many times you can do this. But if one guy's low on health, uh, you can call or, you know, you're somewhere and let's say you have Wolverine, but it would pay off to have somebody that can, you know, shoot from a distance. Uh, You can bring Cyclops in if you want. And I thought that was very unique also.
1: I don't know if there's a limit to how many times you can do it in a level, but they definitely continuously have their own unique life and energy bar so if you use wolverine until he's almost dead and switch to nightcrawler and then nightcrawler's almost dead and you switch back to wolverine he'll have his original low life bar and energy bar mm-hmm. until you get back to um i guess the the center area of the game which is the uh what's the name of their training room
2: uh the danger room the
1: danger room uh you go back to the, what's clearly the danger room where you can get some health upgrades and things in between levels uh before you go back into what's still the danger room but you know a different level in the danger room um the, the story is essentially that someone has, has made the danger room far more dangerous than it needs to be, uh, and you have to fight your way through the danger room levels to figure out who did it. And I wonder who it is. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> it is. Now, here's a question. Is it Magneto or Magneto?
2: I always said Magneto. I did, too. I always, I, I always said Magneto, but you will occasionally you'll occasionally catch that other pronunciation of it. And I guess those people just clearly are wrong and have no idea what they're talking about.
1: Okay, well then we'll go with Magneto, and if someone thinks we're wrong, they can write us all about it on mitomo But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, so you, you find out that unsurprisingly it's Magneto, and so then you fly up to Asteroid M to, uh, to f- take him on uh, for the last level of the game. Uh, there's what, five levels total in this? They're kind of long, but, but five levels total. I thought, I, I'm surprised you didn't like Nightcrawler. I thought Nightcrawler was hands down couldn't... the best guy. I couldn't get the hang of it with him. I, I just couldn't. Okay. He lets you skip through parts of the levels. If there's yeah. like the first level is the one that was the the most obvious because there's some switches you need to find. They aren't hard to find, but they're still out of the way to open up uh, stone doorways, or you can just teleport through them. So that's what I did instead. And uh, you can make it through the first level in like a minute and a half with you teleport. Yeah,
0: Nightcrawler is basically the guy that you want to use in this game because, I mean, you if you're using anybody else, you have to go go through the level with how it's making you go with nightcrawler. You can actually use his mutant power to go through walls. And that makes this game so much better because these stages are in the, uh, I don't know what it was with Sega and their love for giant maze like stages, Mm -hmm. but that's really what every stage in this game is. It's just a giant maze that you're going around to try your find, your find your way through finding, uh, buttons, uh, finding little things here and there that open up passages and this is by far the worst thing about this game, in my opinion.
2: Uh, it, it clearly is. And, and I thought I was really going to hate this game based off the first level because it does something in a platformer I hate. And, and it's that thing where you can't tell where you're supposed to jump. Uh, the, uh, the platforms you're supposed to jump on, are so, they so closely resemble the background that there are so many just blind jumps in this first level that and you know and it's not that bad the rest of the game. The first level mainly if you can make it through there you won't have to deal with that so much. But yeah, I was I was getting pretty heated during my first playthrough of it on that first level. I just it's it's one of my pet peeves of these platformers.
1: At least in this game, the if you jump into a hole, you get teleported out, or not teleported, but Jean Grey shows up and pulls you out of the pit. I think you lose a little bit of life, but I never died fully from jumping into a hole. Uh, the, the downside, though, in that first level is there's definitely a good series of, of jumps where you jump into spikes, and those, she can't help you on. You fall into the spikes and you just keep taking damage till you get off of them, which is a pain in the butt. Uh, but again, if you're using Nightcrawler and you miss a jump, you just teleport till you find a platform. Uh, and as long as you have some light, you know, some energy left, you're good to go. But uh, yeah, The other thing with the jumps in this game, I found there's a lot of platforms that I would jump through uh, it would look on my, you know, to me like I landed perfectly, but then I'd fall right through the side of it. Um, it didn't happen too often, but often enough that it was irritating me to some levels where I was like, I'm going to take a break from this and come back when I'm not going to throw this controller. It didn't
0: help the platforming. I mean, the, the platforming itself isn't very fun. the The characters are kind of large and you can't really see too much around you, but it definitely doesn't help when you go in for a jump that looks like you're literally going to land on the edge of this platform and you just go straight through it. And that happened probably a lot more for me, I guess, than you, because at some point, I was like, "This is a problem. This is just to the point where I'm about to just stop playing this because I keep falling through platforms.
1: I think it's because I use Nightcrawler so much. There was a lot of times where if I just got frustrated, I would just I would just teleport across the screen just to do it. So that probably helped get rid of a lot of my frustration. So along with the four characters you can choose to play as, as your normal characters, Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and Gambit, you can summon helpers that come in that essentially just damage all the characters on the screen, or they fly across the screen and hurt people that are in a line with them. So that you can use Rogue, Iceman, Archangel, and Storm. Uh, I thought that was a pretty cool touch. Storm was always the one I'd want to use, because that's the hit everything on the screen. Um, it, the other one's kind of, you have to be in the right place at the right time to make them as good as they should be. The the thing I liked and didn't like about this game when I first played it, if you want to really play Cyclops, let's say, and you get through and, you, and Cyclops dies, you don't come back with a new life as Cyclops. You go back to the Danger Room and you pick one of the remaining X Men, and your game ends when you're out of X Men. You can find, uh, you know, you can find those character like pickups that get those characters back through the levels. But when I was first trying to play this, and I was determined to use Wolverine all the time, and then I would die a couple times, I'm like, oh, why would I want to use these other guys? They're so different from each other. It's kind of hard if you don't bother learning all four characters to just pick up where you left off with another guy. But then, I, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I like that. That's a lot more realistic than, you know, you die and then all of a sudden you come back with life number two with Wolverine. So right. I like that you don't have a number of lives. You just have how many X-Men are around.
0: Yeah, I think it's set up, you know, really well. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, the NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where you had, you know, your, your one pool of, of turtles and, you know, they, they all had their separate uh, life bars and everything like that. And you could always... Switch back and forth uh, how you wanted, but it, you know it, it makes you feel like you 've actually got a team of of you know other people there instead of just uh, respawning over and over and over again and uh, I think that was the one thing that about this that I really enjoyed as a kid was you know everyone felt like they were part of the x men team and everybody was working together
2: oh yeah I, I think the the team dynamic I, th- this game certainly, uh, and for such an early title uh i mean back in the sixteen bit era, this game really uh Yeah, you really had that sense of teamwork about it, you know, with everybody having their own kind of unique thing. And sometimes you had to switch out uh, and you had to rely on different characters. You couldn't play through this on, I don't believe, uh, according to you guys, you can take Nightcrawler pretty far through. Uh, But yeah, when I I tried, I tried mainly playing as Wolverine because, of course, Wolverine is everybody's favorite. Uh, but yeah, I tried to play through mainly as him and I found, you know, there are some times where I would have to get somebody out with some range and yeah, sometimes I would have to get nightcrawler and, and try to traverse across the level. And and I really did enjoy that. And what did you guys think about the boss fights? I I found that the boss fights, they started off very simple, very easy. There's usually a pattern of, you know, most of the bosses were invulnerable in one state, uh, but they had openings where you could jump in and hit them. Uh, but then, you know, around stage four or so, they really ramped it up.
1: Yeah, I thought the first level's boss was was super easy. Um, uh, the, uh, so Juggernaut isn't really the boss. He shows up in the middle of the first level, and you can fight him, but he you can also just go away. And you can continue on your way without beating him. I didn't know if that was like a glitch, but then it kept happening over and over again. So I thought, okay, I guess I just don't have to beat him. So I, I don't even know who the last boss was. I, I'm not the best with X-Men characters since I wasn't a huge fan, so I don't know who... Who that enemy was at the end of the first level. But uh, but that was one that, yeah, it's very clear. They, they appear, they shoot, shoot an attack, and then they stand there for a second so you can hit them. Now, that's a pretty standard 8 and 16-bit era boss fight. But I, I, I thought that was a pretty easy boss. I didn't beat this game. Uh, I did not have the patience to beat this game. I, I enjoyed it when I played through it. I got through level 3, and then I said, I'm going to watch a Let's Play on the rest of this game and, uh, mm-hmm. and save myself the time and frustration because again i I kept while the jumping thing didn't cause me to to completely quit as fast as it could have where I kept going through the platforms eventually I was just done with it. I could not handle that, but that's that's also again i'm I'm playing on emulation, so I'm not sure if that's kind of a problem with emulation or or if the genesis would exactly you know feel the exact same way
2: yeah and i i made it I didn't finish this one either i came real close I made it to the last level you know the asteroid. Um, and yeah and then it was a resurgence of a lot of my problems from the first level Uh, and and the asteroid stage you know you've got the oh it's maze like again and there's moving platforms there's precise jumps things that i don't think this game uh was made to really pull off uh control wise and mechanics wise there it gets a little too demanding based on what they're giving you to work with
0: yeah the uh for me, it was just the maze-like levels. I've never been a fan of those, ever. Uh, it kind of comes back to when we were playing... Um, oh, that one uh, game it was like Neo or something. Um, that one had very large maze-like levels as well, and I've never been a fan of those, and this has it in spades, especially as when you start getting later in those stages where you are just going... You're just walking around this place forever trying to figure out where to go. And... I just get bored, you know, as a kid, I really loved this because, you know, you could play as X-Men, you could play the, the two player co-op. You know, I remember being, me and my cousin playing this a lot back then, but playing it now, it's I, I just can't get past these these levels. And even with, uh, you know, it's it just doesn't feel good to play, you know, even though all the X-Men feel like X-Men, they, they've got their their moves and all that stuff hitting people just feels weird. It's like you're not actually even hitting them. It's just you, you punch or something and they explode. There's no satisfaction to hitting anyone. Same with the bosses. You're just putting a, you know, throwing out your fist and, and they'll just kind of back up a little bit and, and do it all over again. So the only real satisfaction in this game for me now is that you know, the, the X-Men, are, are they, they play like the X-Men. They look like the X-Men. The game still looks great but I just don't enjoy playing this game anymore.
1: Well, I think the sequel, X-Men Clone Wars, X-Men 2 Clone Wars, is a much more like an arcade style beat 'em beat-em-up. Uh, I think that's much more what I, th- what I thought this was going to be uh, when I first tried it. Uh, because, you know, the, the X-Men arcade game that was like the Turtles arcade game was super fun, but it was fairly mindless. Yes, all the X-Men had their own powers, and they were different, but still, it was a brawler, and it played like a brawler. I think X-Men 2 is a lot closer to that. This I like because... Uh, you know you compared it earlier actually to the original n e s turtles game in in the way that you have each of your characters and they die and you have to go find them I, I think it's a very similar sort of game in that you you take a property that has the you know a game that's that's comparable in the arcade uh to to something that would be super fun with multiple players it's kind of mindless but but if for arcades, we were going to pay a quarter to, to play it over and over again, or 50 cents. You don't want something that's as involved as this game is. You know, This took that formula and tried to add those mazes to make it longer and, and add bosses that take a little more thought than a, a beat-em-up would. Uh, but unlike the Turtles game, I still think this is actually pretty fun. That first Turtles game is, is painfully not fun. This is definitely better than that. The, the, the collision detection is better. Um, there, there's no level where you swim underwater and get hit by seaweed. It's a much better game than the original Turtles game. What I'd say actually compare this to, you know, you said you compared it to Little Nemo. It kept making me think of Blackthorn, and I don't know why, because it doesn't play like Blackthorn <laughs> at all, but I think it's just because it looks like Blackthorn, Kinda, yeah. and it sounds yeah. like poop. The music on this game is terrible. Ooh. I mean, I'm it's, gonna... it, it's fine for while you're playing the game. At no point did I say this music is pretty bad, but listening to the music to try to pick stuff for the episode, it's terrible. It's not em- good to listen to. It's not enjoyable. I'm definitely going to have some clips in here, but I apologize for those now. They're all pretty dull. It's pretty droning. It just goes on and on and on. It's not, it's not lively. They're, you're not going to hum anything from this game.
2: I don't mean to offend any, any huge fans out there, but that's the Genesis. I mean, essentially, this is, you know, that, that early Genesis or, you know, the entire length of the Genesis life. Uh, that sound is just super tinny. Uh, a lot of sounds are just much louder than they need to be. And, and, and one thing I can't forgive in the sound department is Wolverine's claws. When you <laughs> swipe with those, you know, how hard would it be? How hard would it be for you know a nice swoosh or a nice, you know or whatever, uh, but you just get this this tinny. It's like it's like a snippet of a cat howl, just a real brief <laughs> like quarter second snippet of it, and yeah, uh, the music in this one, mm, but that's a Sega Genesis for you. I've never been a fan of the Genesis music wise, a- except Streets of Rage 2 I mean, the you know, as I get somewhere.
0: older, I've come to appreciate the Genesis sound a, a hell of a lot more than I did was a, as a kid because I hated it as a kid. But you know, now I can deal with it. But this is definitely one of those games uh, that just does not do the Sega Genesis sound processor any favors. It it is uh, it is grinding and just metallic. And I feel bad for any listeners that that get that gets that first uh. That music that boots up with the game that's like <laughs> blam and just like right into your, your brain. There's you really can't go to sleep for, for at least 48 hours after you hear that one really loud, so it does not
1: sound good at all. So, I guess in general, if would you recommend this game to someone who hasn't played it? I, I, let's go this way Would you recommend it to someone who's a fan of the X Men, and would you just recommend it to a game fan?
2: Mm, that's that's a, that's a tough call, I think. I think if if there someone is a, a fan of the X-Men and they're a, game, a, a retro game fan, I think it's worth going back to look at because of some of the things it did do that were, you know, kind of groundbreaking at the time. And, and some of the aspects of it are a lot of fun. You know, the like I was saying, the, the different abilities for each character and how they're each useful in different situations. And, you know, there's a little bit of strategy there who you're going to initially take into the stage, you know, when to switch out to who. And I think some, some fun can be had, but you're not going to finish this game. Uh, buy this No. Don't buy it. Don't spend more than, you know, a couple of dollars unless you want to just round out. You know, if you got a collection going you want to round it out, go ahead. Uh, you could do worse with X-Men. Much, much worse. But yeah, the games would get a little better as time went on. Uh, and this one had a sequel. I don't know if that's any better or not, but Man, I don't know. Maybe watch a YouTube video uh, instead of just... Because the controls are one of the most frustrating things. So just watch somebody else do it. I, You know, for me,
0: I, I don't think I would recommend it to someone now. But back then, this was... I don't think how I can emphasize just how awesome it was to finally have a decent X-Men game at mm. the time. I mean, after what we had been put through, which is about every other comic book character licensed game... Uh, Through the NES and and some of the Super NES uh, and and Genesis, this was a great – it was a great game to finally be able to play the X-Men and have them represented well and look great. But uh, I I think that wears off over time because now it's just – I don't know. I don't think anyone would have the patience to sit down now, nowadays and, and play through these levels. It's just uh, it's not that not that good of a game. And X-Men 2 on the Genesis was a much, much better game. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting some X-Men on the Genesis, I would recommend um, the sequel to this one. That is a much more straightforward game and um, just a lot better than this one.
2: Oh, and I almost forgot. It goes without saying, I did know this game for one thing. Uh, this game had a, a very bizarre... Uh, puzzle-solving element to it, uh, which I I think it's pretty well known for, Uh, it had that whole reset thing to it. And and I can't imagine as a kid encountering that and and figuring out what to do.
0: None of us knew. None of us knew what to do. Um, As far as I know, there was nothing mentioned anywhere that that you have to reset your Sega Genesis. Um, For anybody that doesn't know, I forget what the boss is, But once you beat him, uh, you keep going into into the level and eventually you find a computer console that's kind of just materialized there and you punch it and it disappears and then nothing happens. The stage doesn't end or anything. You just stand there. So if you're just playing this game and you don't know what you're doing, I mean, you're just kind of wandering around. You don't know, you know, did you beat the stage? I don't know. You already beat the boss and you hit this computer thing and now everything's just going the way it is. But what you actually have to do, and this was even crazy back then, was you have to hit the reset button on the Sega Genesis. And then it will like kind of bring up like little boot, uh, you know, it's like booting up a computer or something. And you sit there and it reboots the game past that stage. So you literally have to reset your Sega Genesis to get past that stage. And I remember when I first heard about about that, I I couldn't believe it. I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. There's even as a kid, I was like, this is bullshit. Why would I ever hit the reset button? Yeah, on a game that I spent, you know, this is pretty far into the game. This much effort to get there, you, there's just no way you would have ever done it.
2: No, it, it sounds like some cruel joke your your friends would pass around. Yeah, because it's pretty late in the game. It's like, hey, let's tell them to reset the thing, and then you're left staring at the, you know, the title screen. But yeah, I just, and I, and I don't know, and no, I don't think there are any hints or anything of that nature. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, it's, it's Simon's Quest level of, of figuring out something that you're not really given any, any notion as to what to do.
0: Unless it's in the instruction book somewhere, I, I or maybe just mentioned, but I never got an instruction booklet with mine because I always rented it, and for some reason, the people at my video store just instantly threw out the instruction manuals yeah. to all their games, so I never got that and I never got past that part. So once I did figure it out, I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm never renting this game in, again anyway. But fuck you, Sega, for that yeah. one, because that is an asshole move. And even more of an asshole move, because in the future, I think it was like, I can't remember which console. Uh, it was that one that you could plug the Genesis. It was the portable one, but you could plug the Genesis cart into the, the Nomad. Top of it. The Sega Nomad. The Nomad, yeah. It Ooh. didn't have a reset button. So you couldn't actually finish the game on, on that console. So it, it's like you, you put this in here, it's reliant on liter- literally the hardware to finish. And, you know, if you've got you a Sega Nomad, you you can't beat X-Men.
2: If you had a Sega Nomad, you had worse troubles than beating X-Men.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> but, Nomad but, came uh, out late enough in the in the system life, yeah, it... it you <laughs> Most likely, if you bought a Sega Nomad, you got it uh, on sale, or you had more money than you knew what to do with, because there was yeah. no reason to buy the Nomad. Any game that had text, like if you were going to play Fantasy Star 2 or 3, uh, you couldn't read that text on the Nomad. It was way too small. That was the problem yeah. with any of those handhelds. That, that system and the Turbo Express, any, game that, any system that used the actual carts for a TV and put it on a smaller screen, uh, had problems with anything with text. But, uh, yeah, the Nomad also, I think, lasted 15 minutes with uh, 17 batteries or something. I always wanted a
2: a Sega Nomad so bad, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeremy Gregory and I don't recommend this thing, but we we want an opinion that matters. Oh, going with mine. Jeremy P., how do you feel about it? Uh,
1: You know, I would not recommend this to people who are not a fan of the X-Men at all. The game itself is pretty standard. The levels are... Uh, kind of annoying i mean i i didn't mind the first level as much but the second level is where i really started going oh these mazes are going to irritate me i better just use uh, the teleporter constantly over and over again and not bother with any of these levels Um, that that's why i would switch out i would switch to another character to do boss fights or fight things because i didn't want to lose nightcrawler's life i wanted to make sure he was always good and healthy so i could jump through walls and save myself some time but you know if you are an x-men fan it's definitely better than the previous x-men games uh, and I do like that, that again, every character kind of has their own flavor. Uh, it's not like you're just using a a, car, you know, a a cutout of what looks like Wolverine, but all he can do is punch and kick. Like, everybody had their own unique abilities, which I did like. So, if you're an X-Men fan, sure, go ahead and try it. I don't think it aged extremely well. Turn the volume all the way down. Uh, but if you are not, there's no reason to play this. So that is our thoughts on X-Men for the Sega Genesis. Uh, Next episode is going to go back to the PlayStation. We're going to cover Jumping Flash, uh, one of the launch titles for the system. I have not played it since uh, the system came out, so I'm looking forward to trying it again. Um, But do we have any listener mail from our loyal listeners?
0: We do. We've actually got two today. Oh. Uh, although one is fairly short and shouldn't take us very long at all to answer. Let me pull this up here.
1: We say that every question, and then we talk for 25 minutes about what our favorite color is. So,
0: Well, I, I think we won't have that problem with this question. Um, all right. Ben writes in to ask a quick question. Do you guys get paid for this? <laughs> and the, the answer is no. We it, do it, not get paid
1: for this
2: not, at not, all. Not monetarily yeah
1: not with money just with satisfaction Mm -hmm. uh no in fact i'm spending money on this podcast so i'm yeah i think we're all enjoying more money (laughs) you guys had to buy microphones i already had microphones for another podcast but i'm paying to host this thing so no we're we're not making any money on this but i don't think that i did not know if that was a question it was an honest question or was it one of those like are you making money on this like if that how it was meant either way the answer is no no we're not making any money on this you're right that was a very short question (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely, um, you know, we, we do this because we enjoy it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've got some free time to do it here and there. So that is the main reason we do it. Um, no money comes our way. We do not get, of course, get any funding from like YouTube or, or anywhere else because, you know, 13 people watch or listen to this stuff. So um, no, we do not get paid. But anyway, uh, the next question is, uh, I know know one that Billy has been looking forward to answering all week long. Uh, Terry writes in to ask, uh, one thing that keeps coming up in these podcasts is the various Tiger electronic games you all had as kids. We all know how bad they are now and how much they get made fun of on YouTube. Um, but But did you all actually enjoy playing these things back then? Could you really have fun playing a crappy game about MC Hammer, or were you all just sad and had nothing else better to play?
2: I, I mm, you know, I, I I would be sad playing a crappy game about MC Hammer. But <laughs> fortunately, that Tiger <laughs> one was an excellent game about MC Hammer, but no, I, I you know, the Tiger games I think were just a. Uh, you had to be there at the time. If you picked one up now, obviously, and, and I've tried this with my son, oh. The the looks those things get now, yeah, it's just, it's so archaic. Uh, oh, Tiger games are tough to talk about, really, because uh, it's just such a such a, a time capsule. and It's not like the old games; like you can go back to the NES and enjoy those. Games. You can go back to the Game Boy and enjoy those games, but the Tiger ones, they're. I think I really genuinely had fun at the time because I didn't know any better, like I. It's hard to look back now and say, no, I didn't have fun. Because I did. Uh, they were enjoyable. Uh, you know, you go over to a friend's house. I'd have a sack with several of them in there. <laughs> He'd have his. You'd dump them out. You'd have fun playing those things. Uh, pretty much just competing for, for high scores and things like that. But you can't go back. You can't pick one up and, and still have a good time nowadays. Except maybe that MC Hammer. I, I would love to get a working one of those again. If If anybody once because obviously we just said we don't get paid so if if anybody wants to (laughs) donate one feel free hit me up on Meetomo and we'll talk about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) like billy said it was a, a certain place in time and believe it or not there was a time when the game boy didn't exist I don't think any of us were under the impression that these things were amazing, you know, even back then. We were just like, these were small, cheap, portable games that did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could, they cost about, what, 15, 20 bucks? Mm-hmm. You know, you could buy one or two, uh, take it in the car with you and play a game. I mean, there, exactly. there wasn't anything else that you could do uh, something like that with back then. So, Tiger Electronics was that hole that, that filled it. And of course there were millions of them and, and 90% of them were terrible, but the ones I had, I, I really, I enjoyed playing for, you know, for what they were.
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean, there were some good ones to be had. I think Jeremy and I owned the same, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, which was, a and it was neat looking too. Cause most yeah. of them have a, had a standard shape to them. Uh, but this one had a, a different look and it had a kind of a, a grip on the back of it. And it was green and, and a very odd shape. And I think it even, uh, there's a little voice to it, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, I mean, that one, MC Hammer. I had a tremendous Batman one, uh, tremendous at the time. Uh, yeah, and I even had a, a Snake's Revenge. And that one had a like four or five voice clips to it. But at the time, come on. But, I mean, as much fun as they were, there's no denying when the Game Boy came around, you know, you oh. put them down and you never picked them up again.
0: Yeah, once, uh, yeah, once the Game Boy hit. There you, that's that stuff was gone.
1: Yeah, hey, the Game Boy was was a, I mean a game changer. I I had I didn't have a lot of the Tiger handhelds myself. Some friends had those. I did have one of the uh, LCD stand up arcade machines. It was like a, not even a foot high, I guess, of Frogger. Oh, um, I always wanted those. Those, well, those are, I want one now so bad to make a lamp out of it. But I don't have one, and I'm not going to pay what they're asking for eBay on one. I'll find one somewhere in a junk store and, and rip the insides out and make a lamp. But it, otherwise, th- those games were poor versions of what even the Atari versions or the Intellivision versions of those games would have been at the time. But still, it was something about, yeah, that it was portable. You could take it in the car on a long trip. You could take it, you know, and just sit upstairs while you're watching TV and play with it. You know, Now that seems ridiculous, because everyone has their phones that does a million things. But at the time, those things were amazing. Uh, but still, at least for me, always a poor version of, of what I could even have had on Atari. Just the portableness was the no- the novelty.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Alright. Uh, of course we know my favorite. The did, did... Any favorites amongst the two of you? Karnov. Because
0: I really wanted the NES Karnov, and um, I ended up spending my money on something stupid. I think we talked about this in a previous podcast. So I had to settle on the Tiger LCD <laughs> version of Karnov <laughs> uh, that I found for like 15 bucks, and um, That's
2: an awful lot of settling.
0: Yeah, it's you know, I once I blew that money, I wasn't getting it back, so I just had to had to do what I could, and I thought, well, maybe this will be you know sort of okay, because you know, like we said, we weren't thinking that these games were going to compete with the you know the arcade or NES versions of a game. We just we just wanted to have a, a portable version of the game that maybe we couldn't afford the better version of. So that's what I that one was the one that I remember the most, uh, and, and that turtles game. I played that one a lot, but yeah, those are the two I, I think for me are, are my favorites.
1: The only one I remember playing a lot of and not liking, but I still played a lot of, it, was the double dragon one, and I don't remember it being very good. But what I did like about the tigers is that they looked good. the The actual unit itself looked like a tiny, uh, not a ar- tiny arcade, but but they made it so that it would have the arcade feel to the design of it. Like it would look, uh, the the graphics on it looked really good. Uh, the printed graphic on it, not the yeah, graphics on the yeah. screen. But the, yeah. they, that was, you know, by itself, it's almost like, oh, man, I got a cool box and a game. It wasn't just getting a cool game. Game Boy games, while they were super fun and they did have a label on the cart, once you plugged it in, it was just a great cube and it played games and it was pretty fun. Um, but but I thought the Tiger ones looked much cooler, you know, on the sitting still, not playing them. But uh, <laughs> I'd much rather play the Game Boy.
0: It was kind of like having a, a neat looking toy that also played... A bad game on it so as a kid that was uh that's all that's all I uh all I needed
1: I had that in my my transforming Pac-Man watch
0: what? what? Remember,
1: like the, remember that it was like a, it wasn't really Pac-Man but it was a Pac-Man style game and it was not even a transformer but just a, a robot that would turn into a watch and then it played a little game on it
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that,
1: I had those. I had one of those. That was my LCD game, and it was the dumbest game ever. I think it was like <laughs> you could move around in one of the four quadrants and just try to dodge things. It was the dumbest thing ever. But to have a watch that turned into a robot that also played a game, how do you get any cooler than that? You can't. You don't? <laughs> so, yeah, that's our favorite uh, memories of the Tiger LCD games. Hopefully we covered enough of that to never go back to that topic again until we find a copy <laughs> of the MC Hammer one that we will review We can finally have full. that
0: MC Hammer uh, podcast
2: that's... Uh... Can I... Can I I feel like I would be upset if I didn't mention this. This isn't a, strictly the Tiger handheld, uh, but I am, you're speaking, I don't know if you know it, a proud owner of the R-Zone. Oh. And you know, with uh, with these headsets being all the rage nowadays, I, I think maybe it's time for a resurgence. Uh, the R-Zone was pretty much a, a Tiger electronic uh, that you strapped onto your head and it projected a, instead of the uh, the black little lcd screen you had a you had red characters running around uh and it it introduced me to probably the worst headache i've ever had as a child (laughs) Uh, and i had one game it was a fighting game i don't know if they even made any other ones but that was my actual last experience with a a tiger uh, electronic i mean at this point i think this was up in the super nintendo era so you know the game boy had a a Several years out at that point in time, but uh, that, that gimmick was enough for me to give it a shot. I uh, spent way too much on it, and it, it's still around somewhere. I don't know if it's in one piece or not. You know, that's kind
0: of amazing to me, the fact that these, these Tiger Electronics thing, you, you would think they would have died instantly as soon as the Game Boy came out, but those things kept going for years, years and years and years before they ever finally bit the dust. And I think the R-Zone was like the last thing that Tiger had to kind of maybe, you know, throw out there to to get some interest back in that stuff. But even then, the world had moved on. But it always amazed me that, you know, like you said, even the Super NES days, I'd still see those those Tiger Electronics toys just hanging there on the on, in the, you know, Walmart or something like that. It was crazy.
1: I think it was just a, it was a cost factor. You knew if you were going to, if you weren't a, a big gamer, like if you didn't already have Interest in that hobby as a as a parent, and you were somewhere with a kid, and you could find a game for fifteen dollars that'll keep them busy in the car for like a long day. Then you'd you'd pick that up. Why not? It's easier than buying a. At that point, was Game Boy a hundred dollars, and then each cartridge was twenty or thirty dollars. So if instead you were like, hey, here's fifteen dollars, here's a game, have some fun. I, I think that's the market they were aiming at.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Clearly, this clearly this was for the uh, the. I think the, I think the other big side of the market was uh, aunt, uncle, grandparent who knows their kid likes video games and does not want to spring for a, uh, for a full prize
0: Yeah. I mean, those things were just cheap Easter basket toys at some point, you know, for, for parents and grandparents that didn't know any better, you know, they'd be like, Hey, this is a, this is a Vigi game. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and, and give it to little Tommy over here. We not you know, it's a fucking pink Mary Kate and Ashley tiger electronics toy, but I've heard he likes Vigi games. So there you
2: go. That's it. Have fun. I hope you win. But obviously I'm just trying to stretch out this talk of Tiger all I can, but I think I'm out. I think I'm done.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe we'll talk about it next week because I'm pretty sure there was an amazing (laughs) Jumping Flash Tiger Electronics game. But if not, we'll be talking about the PlayStation version of Jumping Flash. So check us out uh, two weeks from now for the next episode and look for us on Retrovania.net for other new articles in the meantime. And we'll see you then.